Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Front End Happy Hour podcast. It is now 2022, and we are moving into our sixth year of recording episodes, which is actually really exciting. It'll be end of February, I think, was when we first launched six years ago. So that's kind of cool. But in today's episode, we thought we'd start the new year off by discussing some of the changes that happened in 2021. For us personally, technology, the engineering community, we're just going to reflect a little bit. I think it will help us as we dive into 2022, which I still struggle saying. So maybe this will work my way into that. Let's give introductions of today's panelists. Shirley, you want to start it off? Oh my God. Hello. I'm back. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shirley. I'm currently a grad student and I have no idea what I'm doing. Fair enough. Stacy. I'm Stacy London. I'm a senior front end engineer on Trello. Jim Young, engineering manager at Netflix. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. What did we decide today's keyword is? 2022. 2022. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Well, let's start off. I figured people over the years, six years now, have listened to us talk a lot and I thought like, why not reflecting at the start of just some of the things that changed, which a lot has changed even for us all in our personal lives, careers. Let's start there in your careers and personal lives. What changed in 2021? I can start. I decided to stop freelancing, move to New York from San Francisco and go back to grad school. Probably the biggest change I've done in a while. And I, I think it really is because of the pandemic that I was like, the first little break where it seemed like we could safely move about the country again. I was like, Alex, we're out of here. <laughs> yeah. You, you saw that window and you're like, we're out. We're no more. <laughs> I mean, it was much easier to convince him too, because he's like wanted to stay in one place for a while. And then, but I think being cooped up at home with the pandemic, I think like I really needed something new and he was finally like, okay with something new. <laughs> That was, that's probably my biggest change. You know, fairly small, but not, you know, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I can't follow that. You, you did like all the big life things in one year. <laughs> Surely the only thing you didn't do is, is get a dog or have a kid. <laughs> that's like, you did, you did the move, you changed like career, you did like all the things, but you didn't get a dog or. The only thing that we, we were like, there's no way we're having <laughs> like bringing any new life into <laughs> yeah i can't quite top that i switched jobs to Trello, but that wasn't in 2021 that was like november 2020 so like tail end of 2020 so i feel like i was like settling into my new my new role and um starting to work on some really complex and awesome stuff and i had a lot of fun this year um working on stuff for trello um really enjoyed the kinds of things that i was getting to work on which was like very uh fun front end type things um other than that we got a puppy in june so uh -oh. um we, little winston it's a little boston terrier and we've been all of our time has been consumed with puppy things training and making sure he doesn't destroy everything and turning him from he's, he's slowly turning into a, an actual dog from a land shark <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh he's starting to become very cute that took up almost all my time pretty much uh everything outside of work was 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 that so worth it stressful some benefit it. too right being at home all the time is like that's the great time with a puppy is like spending all that time with them totally i have no idea how people do that with when they work at a job outside of their home and try and raise a puppy or a kid for that matter all those things i don't understand how people do it <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately kids you can't leave them either i mean yeah. the puppy it's tough to leave but you can like you can be like all right i'm gonna head out for an hour don't destroy the place <laughs> throw him in a throw that baby in a crate it's fine <laughs> speaking of puppies uh i was at the park the other day as i do now as a parent you know lurk around parks uh and th this is like one of the most barrier things i've seen so far was i was looking and my partner's like is that a puppy and i'm like yeah but i look closer they're pushing in a, up a baby which 
is a very expensive bassinet for babies meant for newborns. And they're pushing this puppy in probably like this $800 uh, <laughs> up a baby bassinet in the park. And I was like, yeah, that's Bay Area, man. That's Bay Area. I hope that it was just like, you know, they're reusing it from they had a kid, but it, that's probably not. You're, they had no kid in sight, did they, Jem? No, there's there's no children in sight. It was just <laughs> them pushing their puppy around in a, in a baby stroller, which is fine. Hey, I, I'm not here to judge you. I just question your use of money if that if the baby, if the dog cares you're in a eight hundred dollar bassinet but hey you know to each their own got a roll in style so jen that's what your change was you saw babies in uh or dogs and <laughs> baby strollers i mean I, that's not the first time that's definitely the most expensive one i've seen so far but that's definitely not the first time in the area so you know people love their dogs here that's okay and i'm excited to see I, winston by the way Stacey yeah Boone. you all need to meet him Same. i have not seen any pictures of <clears throat> oh you know what jen <laughs> You should get Instagram. I see lots of yeah, photos I'm not gonna, of I'm not gonna Winston. Get Instagram. So cute. In the year 2022, that is, this is not the year I joined Instagram. Oh, cheers. 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 I was going to say, in the Bay Area, I'm sure that dog is still cheaper than having a baby, as you both probably can attest. Yeah, kids aren't cheap. That's true. I mean, for me, that was an addition to pandemic baby. My wife and mm-hmm. I had baby girl. That's been awesome. But you know, keeping, keeping busy. Thank you. What else? Similar to Stacy. I mean, I, I officially started my new role right at the start of January in 2021. Uh, I think I accepted the role right at the end of the year, moved into the new role. So I've been leading two teams in our productivity engineering space at Netflix, which has been awesome. Not as much front end work as of late. I mean, I do have some UI engineers on the team, which is great. I am still close enough to it, but it's a lot more on the platform side. So that's been a unique change. I recently, right at the end of the year, bought a new house in San Francisco. So moving and dealing with all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's it's been a busy year, just to say the least. So Ryan, you did all of the things, the get a new job, yep. like a new role, have a baby. baby, move. No pets, no pets. That, that was, I did not add a pet. <laughs> and I didn't move like cities or anything. Like, I feel like a lot of people are moving from you know, like yourself, Shirley, all the way, like one coast to the next, or they're moving to the Midwest, or like there's some big move that's happening. Mine was a three minute, maybe five minute drive. I don't even know if it's a five minute drive from my last house. So it wasn't far. But the big thing is like, you still have to like go through all of your things and pack it unless you decided to just like take everything and then just shift it. No. Like you probably still have to pack it. I still went through it. You probably still have to purge and pack. Purging is great. Like forcing factor moving is awesome. As as much as I hate packing and moving, it's good to kind of go through your shit and go like, I don't need this anymore. And maybe I should donate this. Maybe I should get rid of it. That that's, it's nice. Uh, Minimize your stuff. It does feel good. Do you feel like this was something similar in like, okay, so this is a question coming from someone that has not really been keeping up with all of the like front end changes for the past year and a half. But do you feel like that's something that's happening in like in tech, in, in the kind of, in the front end sphere of like, do you think there is a lot of changes, a lot of like kind of purging old things and then like getting in new things? Or is it like, I'm just trying to ask, like, what have I missed? I joked earlier that it's I, all hype and you've missed nothing. <laughs> I think that's, you know, in some ways, Stacy's not wrong. Like, I feel like, you know, the pandemic has made a lot of changes happen. Like it really, really, truly has. I mean, we just highlighted some of our own changes in our lives. And I think people are looking for that change. I think Shirley, you highlighted it really well, is that you were needing a change of scenery. And and so people are doing that. On the tech side, it absolutely is changing. But I don't think that it's changing faster or like, I don't think there's any difference there. I'm sure there's people want to disagree with me out there. Go for it. But I feel like the front end community has constantly changed throughout the many years that it's been around. I don't think it's slowed down, but I don't think it's sped up drastically either. Sure, if you haven't paid attention for the last year, things have changed. Like there's new frameworks, there's, you know, 
Web3, there's NFT world. <laughs> like there, there's many, many things that are going on and constantly being talked about. But I don't think it's any more rapid change than I would say like three years ago. Anyone disagree What's with that? New framework. Oh, sorry. I feel like the one I keep hearing about is Svelte. Or Remix Run. Oh, wait, no, that's been that, I mean, that was, it has been around a while, but I feel like, sorry, that is a good clarification. I feel like it's just picking up steam, you know, in the past, like mm -hmm. the last little while, I feel like I'm just, it's coming out of nowhere. I'd heard about it for a long time, but now I'm seeing it more and more. Twitter just keeps telling me more about it. So my, my theory on, on that is front of development is still the same. Like nothing's changed. I, I, I don't know if people are more productive. I think <laughs> the tooling has got more complicated mm -hmm. and it may feel mm -hmm. like you're more productive, but I'm not sure like we're building at a faster pace than we were before. Granted, there are some really, really cool platforms and services. Like, uh, what's a good one? Like Next.js and Someone all the some easy cool deployment stuff yes, with that. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Next um, and Vercel. Like, their whole, I don't know, philosophy. It's not surprising when you know um, Stan Rush. Guillermo. Yeah, yeah. I forget who runs uh, Vercel. But really talented group of people over there and the stuff they're doing. They just acquire Turbo Repo. Mm -hmm. Like you can get a website up and running so fast. Uh, Netlify was another. Netlify has been, I, I think of, I had like, that as a pick like a few episodes ago. I love it. Like, it's yeah. just so impressive how yeah. quick and easy it is. They, yeah, they just, they released a tool like, I want to say in November, where it's just like, you can take HTML, CSS and JavaScript, drop it into a folder and then drop it, drag and drop onto it. And then the website's built for you. No. It's just like. <laughs> That's no. cool. That That is produ productivity there if you're making a lot of websites. But as far as front-end tooling goes, I, I don't know. Uh, but for me, what 2021 was and what we're feeling is the rise of the developer advocate. We never, we've never really gone into that show because like, it's a really touchy topic for people who are either in it or peripheral to it. But what it is, is like, it's a blend of engineering and marketing at the same time. So if it feels like front-end is moving faster, it's not really, it's just because there's more people talking about it because they're paid to talk about it. So it just mm -hmm. feels like there's a lot more frameworks when they kind of always existed. It's more like that role is brand new because, you know, engineers and marketing are like, have always been ahead. <laughs> so like, this is the middle ground, I guess. I thought DevRels had their, like the DevRel position, I thought had a peak like 2017, 2018 or so. Yeah, I was even going to say, like, surely I was going to put your, like, this 2017 to 2019 was, like, that, like, the heart of it. But, I mean, I think... It, I've I, seen more. It, I do think that there's, like, more... I've seen more jobs popping up, reached out for, or even on Twitter, people being like, oh, I joined this team as doing that. Or, I, I yeah, so maybe it's just continually growing. It, it, I think it's more smaller companies who would have previously scoffed at, like, why do we need developer relations? now have that position and maybe a few of them open. And these are like small, mm -hmm. you know, 500 person companies versus DevRel historically has only been like very, very large companies. So I, I don't know. So if you're feeling anxiety, I think that's it. It's just, there's more people shouting into the front end world. Not necessarily we're moving any more than we have been before. I was going to say, trying to keep up with front end development, like not development as in coding, but like development as in like what's new to me has always felt like a game of FOMO and I, that's why I stopped. <laughs> it, it's tough. It's always like you feel like you're behind, right? Like you're, yeah. you're working on the technology that was the latest and greatest, but that was yesterday. And then today it's something different. You know, we've talked about that a lot too, in like burnout episodes and, and things too, where it's just, you, you can't get too caught up in it, but you want to, you want to pay attention a little bit, then bounce out of it. You, you keep a pulse, but it's not like if you're in it every single day, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. Turn off Twitter. Yeah. Because that, that'll, that'll take you down, <laughs> down, down the rabbit hole of feeling yeah. like you're not keeping up with everything. <laughs> Uh, remix run or remix stuff from uh, uh, Ryan Florence and Michael Jackson. That's another new one that came out, I think, or I think they like released this year. And that one seems to be getting a lot of, I don't know, people are talking about that a lot too. I've seen a lot of steam from that recently. Like definitely Stacey, that was a great call out. What does that one do? I actually don't know a ton about it. I haven't dug into it yet. I th From what a very like peripheral understanding of it is it's trying to, it, it might be kind of like, the next JS Vercel world, like trying to make both the back end and front end of the client and the server, um, make that a bit easier to like have those things work together more, more seamlessly. Um, so yeah, more, more than say like, oh, you just have, you know, react, which is just your, you know, view layer. And well, you still need something to build out APIs on a server. You need data from somewhere. Like it's, I think it's trying to like bridge a bit more than just 
just a front end framework, but someone, someone listening can I'm definitely sorry. correct me because there's, I definitely don't know enough about it yet. <laughs> someone will. Don't say, worry, yeah. Stacey. <laughs> actually. Well, actually. <laughs> For me personally, like trying to keep up with the updates, I'm a really slow learner. It takes me so long to understand how like something is working and how something is like work, how to use something and how something is working under the hood and understand it well enough to like use it well that if there's like the early adopter curve and there's like the you know like the mass adoption curve i'm like squarely in the late adopters i wait until like people have hyped it enough that there's like a solid community behind it and only then do i like look into it because i'm like if i'm gonna put in the like months of learning to like get familiar with something like i don't want it to get it like you know go away in a few weeks and so that's why i've always been really bad at keeping up with like the cutting edge sort of like just all of the things that are coming out and i think that's always worked pretty well for me and then this past year the 2021 the first time i was like oh maybe that's not actually a good way to think about it like maybe it is good to like be listening to what are what like the early adopters are adopting was when the whole nfts thing came up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what is going on and i like dismissed it also because i was like this seems like a fad and i'm not sure how long it's gonna go for and then it just kept on going now i still don't know what to think about it and i still don't know if it's worth looking into or like one day i'm like there's all of the environmental things like there's all of the there's like a lot of the bad and and then the next day i'm like but it's doing so like it's doing such great things for like the artists not even like the big artists but like all of the little like the small indie artists and like it's giving them for the first time a way to be a full-time artist and so i just keep seeing like both sides and it's like you know eight months later i'm still or nine months later i'm still here being like i don't know what to think of it so i think we can safe to say 2021 was the year of nft i think that's a safe <laughs> point like i feel like that's all was being talked about or you know shared similar to you Shirley. it's just like it's hard to form an opinion on it like it's you know how much information do you go down there's definitely some positives there there's some negatives yeah i don't know <laughs> stacy gem what do you think of it i don't know enough about it i think that's i feel like i need to spend some sort of significant time really truly digging in because like I, I i see it discussed on twitter constantly because i follow a lot of people who are either vehemently like against it or or for <laughs> it and, and it's beneficial to them and and so i'm like watching both sides go back and forth on it and i don't know that twitter is necessarily a, a good place to watch that kind of debate because that's not <laughs> long what? that's not you know <laughs> like a tennis thoughtful match. long the first form. i'm hearing twitter is not a good place for <laughs> twitter for discourse <laughs> yeah oh like shirley said i think there's some artists who found it to be very freeing and liberating and, and help, helping them sustain themselves. So that's cool. There's the other side of like environmental consumption, you know, power mm -hmm. and energy consumption being very terrible. There's others that say that there's an answer for that and doing things a different way. And I, I don't know. I just don't know what to think about it. Yeah. Still forming, forming an opinion. I think it, it's a divisive topic. It seems like everyone wants to jump into a particular camp. I definitely don't. I, I need to like listen and sit <laughs> sit back and listen for a while, I think. I guess I'll add to my previous statement of like some days I'm like all of the environmental things, but also I feel like from my very like small, small like investigation and research into it, like the two things that I have come away with, like listening to people talk about it and reading people talk about it is like it just kind of sounds like an mlm <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> that's the first thing like, what is that you just need to get in oh a multi-level marketing ah. <laughs> so basically like, obviously i've not been some of the crypto <laughs> <laughs> it's like it just feels like we just need to get in before it's like too late to get in and then the other thing is like the whole thing, the way that like my husband and I have like summarized it is it's basically taking power from the people that were doing finance and like it's like shifting power from people with money from finance 
and shifting that power to, and that's like basically how I view crypto, not necessarily NFTs, but crypto and the whole like Web3 and decentralization and all of that. Still the same sort of people profiting, just moving from one industry to another. That's probably a fair statement. That, that's my stance on NFTs. Honestly, I'm kind of the same. I haven't read too deeply into it, uh, like just cursory stuff, but I, I'm like, I'm not a hundred percent against them or I'm, I'm definitely not for them, but I'm not a hundred percent against them either. I think there are valid use cases, but there's just so many bad and icky things that I get from it. Just like all of my years of experience tell me like, this seems like a not that good thing. And the people that are promoting it are people that have like, there's a reason they're promoting it, not because they believe in it, but because there's money on the line. But at the end of the day, it's the same people getting rich. I, like, I know it's like, oh, it's for the people, blah, blah, blah. Big corporations are going to come up and they're going to take it over. And then it's going to be a centralized as the web. It's just like even worse <laughs> than it was before. Cause it's like, so fine grained control now. Uh, it, yeah, I, 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 I want to support the principle. I do. I, I'm not a fan of Google and Amazon and everybody having all this power. And like the web is like more smaller and smaller every day, but I'm not sure this is the right way. And if there is the right way, like, why is there so much money involved, like tangled up in this? Anyways, my, 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 I won't go into a long round on NFTs. We'll save that for another episode, but, uh, <laughs> the NFTs episode, <laughs> we may as we, well, we should do a whole like web 3.0. I'm putting that in quotes. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter if I believe it or not. What, like, that's the whole base of our financial system is like, it matters if the majority of people believe. Yeah. Just like, why is a dollar worth so much money? Because we believe the government will pay that debt eventually. Do we have the 20 trillion or whatever we rack up in debt? No, that amount of money doesn't exist physically, but it's the belief in the system that keeps it going. So it's kind of like, that's how I feel about NFTs. If people believe enough of it, then it will be a thing regardless of my opinion. So I don't know. I'm trying to be more pragmatic in 2022, if you can't tell. Less, I definitely have opinions, <laughs> cheers, but like cheers, I want to temper Jim. them. <laughs> cheers. Jim forcing the 2022s in, cheers. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people too think that everything's so much more secure, like whether it be crypto or NFTs, but like, I feel like... Like constantly just hear of these like massive security breaches happening for crypto or for NFTs. And so I think that's another thing too, that's like, just makes me a little skeptical. It's like, because it's so early on is yeah, there's going to be a ton of vulnerabilities because the technology is so new and, you know, everyone's figuring this out all at once. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are making a lot of money, but there's also a lot of people losing money too. And so I think mm -hmm. that's also something that just, I think I sit with all of you in the sense that I'm not like for or against, but it's just like trying to be open-minded, but also maybe mm -hmm. a little bit hesitant to be like, all my money is going into NFTs. You will not hear me say that. <laughs> Life-saving. <laughs> I, I view it as like communism. In theory, communism is a good idea. And I know people are gonna be like, ah, oh, outrage. But like, if you look at the actual political theory of like, everything is controlled, everybody's equal. We all have the same size house. We all drive like roughly the same car. We all have the same education, more or less. That's generally a good thing. Like I, I, I am disturbed by the growing gap between the rich and the poor in, in America. Mm -hmm. And like as someone on the top end of that, like I, I don't, it doesn't make me happy to, to see like people in like such poverty in the wealthiest country in the world. So like, yeah, communism in theory is a good, is good in theory, but we've seen what happens in real life is power is for the people. And then like a few people are like, Hey, you know, we can corner this and then, but we'll still say it's for the people. And like, that's what I see right now happening with NFTs <laughs> and web 3.0 is like, yeah, it's open. It's decentralized. Where do you buy your NFTs? OpenSea, which is like the main hub for buying NFTs now. And they're like now cornering that market slowly, but surely. And like, not, not deliberately. It's just, that's what happens in a capital society. Again, I want to believe, I, I really want to be optimistic, but old cynical Jeb, he always comes <laughs> and says like, I don't know about this. Just in a short time, Jeb has gone from his 2022 resolution back to his 2021. <laughs> uh, wait, cheers. cheers. Roll it back to 2016, Jeb. I was going to say that I feel like Ryan, what you were saying about it still being so new and there's so many things that needs to be worked out. And I, and I do feel like that goes back to like, if, if I had any sort of New Year's 2022, cheers, cheers, resolution, I do feel like maybe it is to be paying more attention to all of these new tech that's coming out and like 
trying to be more of an early adopter and trying to I think the hardest part is like trying not to jump on the hype wagon without understanding anything and this is like such a big topic that are so like they're like so into like nfts aren't just nfts nfts is like related to crypto and blockchain and web3 and metaverse i don't even i'm just dropping random words <laughs> that i did not know in the first half 2021 and suddenly it was everywhere in the latter half of 2021 like metaverse somehow i missed that facebook rebranded to meta <laughs> Uh, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. Like it was just like a joke for one day. <laughs> I was like, when did this happen? Anyways, trying to be like trying to be a quote unquote early adopter in the sense of just trying to like keep up with all of these things that are happening as they're happening and not necessarily I don't think I'm even trying to make to join one camp or the other, but just trying to keep up with it the best I can and acknowledge that like right now there's so much gray area and so much debate back and forth precisely because of what Ryan said about like, it's still like, we think it's old because I feel like we've been hearing about crypto for so many years, but like all of these are such new concepts with like, it almost feels like maybe, maybe with just the NFTs example, it almost feels like it was like shoved into the, into the spotlight before it was quite ready like not like a lot of things are still like not smoothed out and like things aren't figured out and there's all these vulnerabilities and it's not the ideal that like people had in mind that's that's one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about like between the turn of 2021 to 2022 in this little winter break I've had since grad school where I couldn't think about anything other than my classes but the other thing that I think is so interesting, trying to wrap up my NFT rant, I think it's so interesting that like, I don't know if I've ever in my short career in tech seen something demand so much moral, like it's such a be like such a big morality question in that like, I, I feel like it's kind of the, the question for me is like, artists getting paid what they're worth <laughs> after so many years of being taken at like, hundreds of years of like being taken advantage of or however long that shouldn't be a bad thing but like what's happening with nft and and we can be like well there's all of these um nfts being sold on i don't even know what the right terms are but like they're like proof of stake or whatever the what what are the was it was it tezos or something but the most profitable marketplaces are all the ethereum ones that are proof of work or whatever and so if an artist wants to uphold their own morals, then they have to go with the one that's not going to be as profitable for them. So then it's like a question of like, okay, do I want more money or do I hold my morals? Which I guess is basically what it means to be a human being yeah. in a capitalist society. It's like society. the same question. <laughs> with my same rant. question over eons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I, I've just talked myself out of my rant. <laughs> When it comes to like anything tech related, did anything surprise you in 2021? Like, I don't think NFTs was surprising or anything, but was there anything that stands out to you as like, it was something surprising? I think the metaverse thing was surprising. Like we, we knew it was coming. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, when tech does something, it's not a very big secret. Facebook's been working on, sorry, meta has been working on this for a while. It was surprising. They're leaning so hard into it though. I'm still not like this a harbinger of things to come. I'm more, they had a PR problem and the easiest, cheapest way was to rebrand rather than fix like the many, 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 many quagmires they, they've gotten themselves into, which like with all respect, like running a platform with 2 billion people, you're going to have problems that nobody else has. I, I respect that, but they're leaning hard into VR and the metaverse and all that, which is an interesting move versus like Apple is building their own self-driving car. Alphabet's building a self-driving car. That's more where other tech companies are. I don't know. To, to me, that was the interesting thing of tech. It was like, where are the big players putting their money and putting their stakes in for the next five, 10 years? And that tells me like what's coming. Yeah. And also, I mean, I, I didn't go in the beginning, but yes, I switched careers to a manager instead of a software engineer. Uh, and I switched orgs as well. So I'm now I'm like pure platform. Before I was like platform and bit of product. But in being a manager, I... I I'm thinking of things differently already. It's it's only been about six months, but I, I don't know. I'm thinking more big picture and like what's moving versus 
oh, I don't know. The newest framework just came out version 2.5. I'm like, cool. But like, how does that impact me in my day to day? It doesn't. So I care more about like big, big things now. And I, I, I say this without, without hubris. Like, it's just, that's just like a mental shift that I'm making and still in the, in the middle of making. So that's changed for me and my perspective in tech in 2021. That's a huge shift too, Jeff. Even if you think about it as the talk about a framework versus now you're in this like manager role is as an engineer, you're probably paying attention to this like upcoming, like what, what would this buy me? What are some of the features that I would get? which is good as a manager, you have to think about like, what's the longevity of this? Like, how are we going to, you know, support this? You know, what's the investment going to be like? Not that engineers don't think of that, but you're trying to think about it more holistically. What is it going to come at a cost of if we invest in this technology, does that slow us down from shipping? It will absolutely. Like the minute you change a framework or do any migration, it is a costly thing. And so when's the right time? Ideally, investing in for a future is like if you're shipping products, you're going to ship faster because said framework is, you know, more beneficial for the team. And that's why you're doing it. It's not like because you're like, oh, I want to be on the hottest thing. But it, your mind changes a little bit. You have to think about a little bit different, the same problem, but a little bit differently. So I, I think that's a really good way to highlight it. Yeah. Spoke, spoken like a great manager, as you are, Ryan. Uh, it, it's like we're we're thinking about evaluating new frameworks, uh, taking on new team, sh shifting directions, and the team is pitching me different frameworks and pitching each other different frameworks. And my perspective is completely different. It's just like you said. I need to make an investment that will probably take. We're going to play out, play it out over five years. So we're talking millions of dollars in salaries, thousands of hours. The on top of that, like the eighty something engineers that we support on the platform team, their productivity, how that ripples in the product, and it's like. The stakes are so high and I, I think very, very differently about how we execute in tech. So in some ways it's been liberating. Like I'm, I don't care as much about the day-to-day -day on Twitter. Like, you know, you leave Twitter for a week <laughs> and you come back and like people are outraged about something or some, someone you've never heard of. You're like, what did I miss? <laughs> I, I just don't care as much anymore. Uh, like, cause it just doesn't matter in the, in the big scope of things. So that's been pretty good. Honestly, I think it's been healthier for me. Interesting. I like that perspective. Do you miss coding? I do a little bit. I, I miss the, the unambiguous, uh, correctness of things mm -hmm. where like something either works or doesn't building UI either displays correctly or doesn't. And it's, it's very binary leading a team. There is no right answer. There's a lot of wrong answers and there's answers that are more right than others, but even those have trade-offs you have to make. So yeah, I, I miss the, the very clear checkbox nature of, of coding and that's I think that's going to be something I'll be dealing with the next couple of years. And not, not like I'm saying I have a personal problem. It's just like every good manager, every good leader I've ever spoken to has this problem. And the higher up you go, the more and more ambiguous problems that you're solving to the point where you're not sure you're solving any problems. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just getting a taste for that now. It, it's totally true. A ask a VP of engineering. You're like, what do you do? And they'll describe like, oh, we talk to people and do this, but like, no, what do you actually do? And it's like nothing really. And that's just the nature of leadership, which is like something really difficult. It, it's true. It uh, is true. And I think it's like yeah. the more when things are running smooth too, you're like, are they doing something? And I, I actually guarantee there are things that some of the higher up leaders, the higher you go, when things are running smooth, they're doing something like, even if they can't pull it, you know, out and call out those tactical things that they've done, they're doing something right. When shit is not going well, that's the leader's <laughs> fault doesn't matter. It's leader's fault. It, it's so it, it's an interesting role. Like, and I think you've called out a lot of interesting things for me is like, even Jem, you said you're dealing with this for the next few years or whatever. It's like, it doesn't get any better. Like it, you know, you're always dealing with ambiguous problems. You're like, am I doing a good job? I don't know. Maybe like it, it it's, it's hard. It's less tangible. And like, at least when you're, you know, when you're coding, you ship something and you're like, yeah, I mean, I built that. It had some bugs. I fixed that bug. And, and now things are running really smooth. It, customers are enjoying it or they're not it you get that feedback and you can understand how to pivot on it and it, it's definitely a lot ambiguous that i like that do you all have any uh, predictions for this year things that are going to change like web web 3 is totally taken over right like that's that's definitely <laughs> happening I predict we will argue about NFTs at least five more episodes <laughs> in, in, in this year. Yes. At least. Yes. Our opinions may change. Like our opinions may evolve, right? Like that could happen over this next year is that Jem starts to just hate them more. Surely you might start loving them. It's, it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> 
Stacy becomes an Ethereum kingpin. I register the domain name Stacy.eth. Something that, that Jem said earlier stuck out about virtual. I think that one's really, really interesting, which is like, obviously, there's a lot of companies that put a lot of money into the virtual, like developing a virtual environment or developing like, I don't know, virtual clubhouses or like hangout spots and Certainly in my program, uh, it's like a art and tech program. And we talk a lot about emerging tech. There's a lot of students that do projects about like a dystopian future where we communicate with each other in from like VR. And that's something I'm very curious about because maybe I'm just always been really, really old fashioned. I feel like I've said this a lot of times. I don't like VR. So I feel like I've said some <laughs> things. No. And I just feel like there is something really special about like actual hum like physical human contact and connection that I personally don't think it will ever get replaced. But also it seems like a lot of these companies think otherwise that a lot of events and social gatherings might go online and they're investing in those virtual spaces. So I feel like for me, that's that's a big question because I've always wanted to develop like physical, real world immersive experiences that like physically bring people together. And that's just been a huge challenge in the last two years because of a pandemic. And, and we don't know, like we don't really know how long this is going to go on for. And like, we don't know if there's going to be new ones that develop so like will there ever really be big physical gatherings that are safe and responsible not the ones that are <laughs> um but or will it just be all taken over by virtual hangouts which i'll be very sad about i'm skeptical uh seriously i mean if it if it's gonna happen like now's the time right with the pandemic and all the world the way it is i feel like if if virtual is a thing we're gonna see more of it now but i, I just feel like vr is comes and goes i can think back to many years ago there was like you know even when flash was a thing like people were trying to build immersive you know virtual like worlds that you interact with and, and i mean the technology was not great then it's absolutely a lot better but i'm still just i don't know i, th I feel like it's like this thing that everyone keeps thinking is going to be a thing and it just never becomes a thing it's it's very niche that's my thinking on it but i i do like being wrong i'm just going to do a quick devil's advocate which is what if we're resistant to it because we're of a generation that's used to like seeing people in person and hanging out in real in real life yep um, and then there's a whole generation of children and teenagers where like most of what they know is unfortunately from these last two years and maybe a long time maybe potentially for years like all of their formative years going to be virtual going forward yep. and maybe that's what they prefer and maybe that so maybe it's not this coming year but maybe it's like a decade down the line when they're the ones building and shipping products absolutely no i think like that's what i mean is i think like if something is going to make that shift like a pandemic like this is absolutely gonna do it i mean i just said like i had a baby this year like pandemic baby you know Jem's son was born right before the pandemic and this is the new norm for them so i think that yes if there's a time that it would pick up it would be now i'm still skeptical but i think that there's there's certain things that when a world hits with a pandemic, big drastic changes happen during and after. So we've seen that through time. So maybe something like that does have legs now. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see. My prediction for uh, 2022 is we see more of a balance, kind of like what you're saying, Shirley, which is, yeah, virtual is not ideal. And this is totally a sidebar. I've been so impressed with the art you're making. Uh, you post on Twitter and like, I, I get so jealous of like the physicality of like Shirley's making something with her hands. And like, I get jealous because, you know, we stand at a keyboard, uh, especially as a manager, I just like write docs all day and I'm like not <laughs> creating anything and like you're doing something, which is, it's fantastic and inspirational to see. So anyways, that's a sidebar. I, I think we're going to see the leveling out of remote versus in-person. Anybody who's been back to the office uh, in any time in 2021 knows like one-on-ones or meetings in person are just more efficient. There's no lag. There's no like, oh, are you going to say something? Are you going to say something? No, no. Are you on mute? No. Like all that's gone. And I, I think a lot of us have forgotten how efficient we are communicating face-to-face. -face. So, and to back that up, I would say, 
look at what every major tech company is doing. Google is still developing a very, very large campus down in San Jose, down in Silicon Valley. Uh, Facebook is still expanding their campuses and just bought more. So if you look at what large tech companies are doing, they're just, they're still buying office spaces. So it doesn't really matter if people are like virtual is better. If the big tech companies are saying like, this is what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do, whether you like it or not. Like they, they are tastemakers uh, of sorts. So yeah, I think there are companies that'll, that'll be like, Hey, we're all remote. It's cool. We figured out how to work like that. Other companies be like, actually remote part-time is fine, but really face-to-face -face is where we want to be at. And we're just going to see that like a clear picture rather than this kind of like ambiguous state we're in right now. I definitely agree with that. I don't have any big predictions Stacey. for 2022. 2022. We've been forgetting to cheers. Because I wouldn't have... Cheers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cheers. I wouldn't have predicted NFTs and Web3. You know, like I just... I'm hiking in the woods. I'm going to predict that I'm going to do more hiking and go to go to the ocean again. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, make sure I check out those redwoods and uh, visit all the beautiful things in California. Do my tech during the day, but um, be, in the, be in the real physical universe when I can. Maybe that'll be my prediction. Maybe a lot of people are going to get burned out by being little faces in zoom calls and virtual this yeah. and that and crave actual experience outside in the in the real in the real world agreed i like that prediction stacy it's a balance right like you yeah. you do need more of that outdoor real world all right well that's probably a good spot to uh jump into picks uh in each episode of the front end happy hour podcast we love to share picks that Really, anything that we found interesting, want to share with you all? Stacy, you want to start it off? Sure. Um, so I have a pick that is a podcast um, mix that I just listened to. Um, Deck Mantel, Deck Mantel um, is like a. They do a lot of production in Europe for like uh, music festivals and things, but they also have a good podcast. And this woman um, goes by Sky High, S K Y H one. And the mix she did is really, really good. Um, like kind of atmospheric breaks, dub, electronics, like a lot of different genres mixed together all in this long form mix. Um, I took a lot of time over my two-week holiday uh, break just like listening to tons of music and going into rabbit holes with music. So I discovered that and I really enjoyed it. So have a listen to that. And uh, yeah, that, that's my one pick. All right. Shirley, what do you have? Okay, so I have a few picks from... Uh, <laughs> I've been joking around with my friends. I'm like, I go to art school now. I'm an artiste. <laughs> uh, so I have some uh, picks from my quote-unquote art school. <laughs> the first one is uh, I got to see a show put on by Studio Drift, which is a studio in I think Amsterdam and they do all of these like really interesting beautiful physical installations um and a lot of the theme is things that float things that drip and the exhibit we got to see was at the shed in New York and I think it the exhibit has ended but I think it was called fragile futures if it if it does a world tour I don't know how to describe the emotional experience that we had where the big kind of installation they had were these concrete blocks that floated above you and slowly and smoothly kind of like performed this like it, it's like this beautiful movement through the air above you and it's like this like 20 minute performance i don't know how else to describe it other than the first time we watched it we came out and we were like i can't believe we just spent 30 minutes watching concrete float above us but it was a beautiful beautiful emotional experience where i think it was mostly like it's so cool that like technology can do something like that like real blocks floating above us that technology can do that so that's my first pick the second one is actually one of uh, the teachers i had this past semester who was so chill and so cool that i forgot how amazing he was his name is daniel rosen and he's an artist that makes what he calls wooden mirrors um and so this one um, what he does is he has like hundreds of wooden blocks that he lines up like a pixel. And when you walk in front of the wooden mirror, you see yourself reflected in this wooden mirror. And the way that it happens is that 
each of these wooden blocks, they get tilted. And depending on the angle that the wooden block um, is tilting, the shadow that it's casting goes from like, you know, like full brightness to like full dark. So then when you have 300 of these blocks all lined up, then you can form like then then it forms a mirror image of you as you walk in front of it and and there's a beautiful physicality to it also because as the wooden blocks are like shifting around and rotating in the angles and like makes these really satisfying noises and then this past semester after like 20 years of you know trying to figure out he finally kind of completed his first mirror with colors and so he has for each pixel instead of one wooden block that like does essentially the opacity value he has three panels uh cyan magenta and yellow that together form that color depending on the angle of each of the panels and like the aggregate shadow that's cast by those three panels and imagine like that multiplied by 300 so like now there's like 1200 somewhere a thousand of these little panels all like moving around to form a mirror image of you walking in front of it. And it like is perfectly interactive, beautiful work. Uh, one of the main reasons why I was like so inspired to go to ITP, oh, the program is called ITP at uh, New York University. One of the main reasons why I was so inspired to go there in the first place. Uh, and my final pick is a little bit late, but we find, like we recently rewatched it on Disney Plus. Um, and it's Shang-Chi. I don't know if I need to introduce Shang-Chi. Uh, <laughs> I think it did pretty well in theaters back when it came out in, I think, September. But I think the reason why I wanted to pick it is I think there's tiny little things it didn't do quite well. But overall, I think it's just so beautifully done how it took a lot of aspects of Chinese martial arts and kung fu films and then integrated it so well into the style an aesthetic of a Marvel film. And I think it just, I think it did a really beautiful job of blending both of those together. Uh, I do have a small criticism, which is that like 20 minutes in, they ship the Asian American character, main characters back to China, like as if they can't exist in America. And we've noticed that that happens in a lot of Asian American set lead films. Small criticism. Other than that, beautiful film. Right on. That's my three picks. Jim, what do you have for us? Do you have Valley Sorry. Silicons to start off the year? I do. Uh, you know, I like to save those for last. All right. No, uh, sorry. I'm jumping people, ahead. People interested. Yep. Um, I, I got distracted because I looked up uh, Studio Drift. That's really was discussing it. That Amazing, is right? I would love to see that in person. That, that is just so mind-blowing. Uh, my first pick is a movie that I happen to watch over holiday break. It is not a holiday movie. It's just a movie I happen to watch over holiday break. Uh, it's called Black Sea. It's a movie on, it's now streaming on Netflix in the U.S., but it's pretty much a good submarine movie. I, I, I don't know. I like a good submarine movie under the sea. You know, the stakes are high, et cetera, et cetera. It's got uh, Jude Law and Scoot McNary, who you probably remember from Narcos Mexico, which I also binged over the holiday break. But yeah, it's just a good action movie, uh, very atmospheric, suspenseful, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Yes, good all-around movie. Uh, my second pick is this website, um, but it is called Commercially Available Chairs in Star Trek. And, like, this is the part of the internet that I love, is someone dedicated however many hundreds of hours to going through all these Star Trek episodes and be like, oh, wait, I recognize this chair, and here's where you can buy it. And, like, I don't know. It's just, that's just so cool. Like, that's what the internet is supposed to be, is, like, Find your, find your hobby and find your passion. I happen to be a fan of Star Trek. I think it's cool, like, futuristic chairs that you can actually buy that were based in, like, some episode of Star Trek. It's just interesting to me. My final pick is my first Valley Silicon pick of the year. Uh, as, a, as a reminder, please send me your Valley Silicon picks using hashtag Valley Silicon on Twitter. <laughs> Even if I don't share them on the podcast, I find them personally interesting, and I will probably get a chuckle out of it. So you'll make my day. This one is a, I won't even do the usual preamble where I say, how much would you pay for this? Because it's just so ridiculous. It is an Xbox by Gucci, which <laughs> I, 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 again, they don't make Xboxes. So I, I don't know why you would need a luxury branded Xbox, but you can get one for the low price of $10,000. And for $10,000, that is, um, 
I don't know. What, what's it? Xbox cost now? Five hundred? Probably. Yeah. Four hundred. Four or five hundred. Yeah. So you know, it's ten thousand. It's close. It doesn't do anything special. It just comes in a Gucci carrying case and a does it come with a puppy? Gucci striped controller. <laughs> it does not come with Winston. Um, unfortunately. Got to put a puppy in your win- yeah, Gucci bag. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who's buying these, but I'm sure they sold out. I'm sure if I tried to buy one now for some weird reason, they're probably sold out. I really don't know. If you know someone that knows someone that bought a Gucci <laughs> Xbox, please introduce me because I would love to, I would love to talk to them and ask how they made all their money. Probably at the NFTs. The crypto. We we will re- crypto we will gross. record an episode interviewing that person. I sound. I feel like that'd be amazing. <laughs> I, no, I just want people. Sometimes, like I, I make picks, and people argue with me on Twitter. Like, no, Jim, this thousand dollar ice cube maker is life changing. You don't even know. <laughs> I'm like, cool, man. That works for you and your disposable income. Yeah. But this one, I, I just, I, I don't see a compelling argument on why you'd need an Xbox made by Gucci. It says it, Gucci will sell 100 consoles at their highest profile brick and mortar stores. Wow. <laughs> I always find it hard, Jem, to you know follow the Valley Silicon picks, uh, but I have I have three picks uh, to start off the the new year. One is is probably like a very niche thing. I saw a new documentary called Rolling Like Thunder. It's a documentary on freight train graffiti. It it was on Showtime. I really enjoyed it. It just brought me back so many memories of painting trains and just being around a lot of that. It, it was it was cool. I, I thought it was really well done. So I highly recommend checking that out. I realize it's. A- pretty niche thing, but someone out there is going to probably find it interesting. Another cool uh, holiday show that I watched was School of Chocolate on Netflix. It was so cool, just impressive and interesting. It was a reality show where their chocolate makers are making like just the most impressive sculptures out of chocolate I've ever seen. And then there's this famous guy, I should probably know the chef's name, but he's known for making them and he, he he's running the school. And the thing is, is Nobody gets eliminated. There's contests, but nobody gets eliminated. It's it's really, it's an interesting concept. I, I really enjoyed the show. It's worth checking out. It's kind of one of those ones that's just mind-blowing what they create. And then another thing that happened in 2021, and it's kind of still happening a little bit in 2022, or everyone's still dealing with it, is the Log4j vulnerability. And <laughs> I saw this shared today, Log4j memes. It's a website all about the memes. And <laughs> honestly, just scrolling through that, it's maybe a little too soon for some people that have had to deal with it. But some of these memes are hilarious. Uh, so I highly recommend checking that out. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. We'd actually love to hear from you. I know we've we've mentioned this a few times throughout the episode, but help us kick off the new year. Uh, let us know what uh, you want to hear from episodes in the future. Tell us on Twitter. Send us a message. We love hearing from you all. Any last words for the panelists today? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. Cheers. Cheers.